Welcome to the Iron Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. And you know what, guys? Like, you just heard the theme. Uh, I think we're just reviewing another episode of Clone Wars this week, right? Like, <laughs> Soka Part 5, Shadow Warrior. That that was a Clone Wars I, episode, I'm pretty sure. Takes place during I, the Ryloth arc, maybe. On, honestly, yeah, I was like, I, reminds me of Blue Shadow Virus, right? <laughs> The Blue Shadow Virus? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. William, no. no we left that <laughs> no, far in the past. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, this... Past. I mean... I mean, yeah, just... just that back. Ahsoka Let it be, has, please. Ahsoka has, up until now, kind of been more of like a sequel to Rebels. But in this moment, it really feels like it's the Clone Wars with this episode. It's mm-hmm. just so special. Good it is girl. so cool. I can't wait to unpack this with you guys. This is going to be a fun one. The last couple episodes have been really, I mean, the whole series has been really fun, but you know, particularly special. Um, Yeah, but this one, this one takes the cake. It does. This one out of all the episodes, we got to get into this. Exactly. It it makes sense why they would do screenings, right? They they did, as we talked about uh, in our review last week and before the review, they did, they did, um, do a limited theatrical release of this episode. They, for fans who were able to to make, it, I think there were only eight screenings, single time each, right, right, an hour before the episodes debuted on Disney Plus. But it it was really cool. I, I was able to go to the Seattle one, um, and yeah, they they gave everyone popcorn and a, and a poster and a, and a free drink, and the 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 line to get in was kind of a madhouse. It was not organized at all. I think GoFobo, the organizers could have done a better job. I I think I arrived an hour and a half early and barely mm-hmm. I, I made it in, but it was, you know, even though we were in the early part of the line, the, there were, they wouldn't let people line up. And so fans kind of made their own line like far away from the building. And of mm-hmm. course when it was an hour before you could officially line up, it just turned into a blob and it was it, that part was a bit disappointing. That's not Lucasfilm. It's it's all GoFobo in the theaters uh, uh, thing. But other than that, the the screening was so much fun. I felt bad for a lot of people who got there an hour before and couldn't get in. Um, I know a couple of people who actually tried to get to the screenings in other locations, and they showed up, I think, an hour before, and it was already too late. Mm-hmm. They they couldn't get to the screening, which is a super and that's big bummer. And that's one of the reasons why, for me, trying to get down to where it was going to be located, there would be no way I'd be able to get there in time because I would have to be there at least two to two and a half hours. Yeah. Early. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. And given that it's at five o'clock, you had to leave work, you know, pretty early to be able oh, to yeah. to make the screenings. And so that part was a, a bit of a bummer, but it was still it was still wonderful. They they did the screenings, and you could see why. Right. It's a pretty big, momentous episode of of star Wars television. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to discuss it with you guys. Also, uh, the couple pieces of info, um, according to, uh, Donald Glover's brother and co-writer of the Lando series, Stephen Glover, the 
Lando TV show that was announced a long time ago and we haven't heard about in quite some time, it's being turned into a movie. So who knows, right? The movie, I I wish, I kind of wish they'd announced stuff once they were actually set in stone. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm excited for the Lando's, well, formerly a series, now a movie. But yeah, it's, until until production starts on these things, it's, I don't, <laughs> I don't get too, I try to get too excited. It's all, yeah, it's everything we've been doing thus far, right? Like, yeah. I will be very happy when we finally get it, but I'm not going to hold out hope until it's much closer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Until any kind of camera rolls. Yeah. Not holding out hope. Yeah. But uh, it's still, it's still exciting to see. And I, I don't, I don't have any, you know, I think a, a Lando movie probably makes sense. Just it's, it probably will take less time to shoot a Lando movie than it would a Lando series. And so maybe that's why they're moving in that direction, just given how busy Donald Glover's schedule is and, you know, who knows if they'll get Billy D. Williams and stuff as well. But yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for this uh, this episode or the episode, the uh, the movie. Um, we used to just call them episodes, right? Back, remember back when we would just talk about episodes and they were film episodes and that was it. There was nothing else back in the mm-hmm. back in the old days. The Dark Ages. <laughs> I mean, they're they're pretty great, but there was times. far less content than there is today. Um, also speaking of a lot of content, uh, we actually got two anthology books, um, with a bunch of short stories, uh, from a certain point of view, return of the Jedi and the higher public tales of light and life. Um, they're both, I have, I have a love hate relationship with a lot of these short stories. I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to get into certain ones. There's some good ones though. There's like a Mon Mothma uh, prior to you know the briefing and return of the Jedi and how she gets the plans from the Bothans and and, and whatnot. So yeah, this is, there's some good short stories. Definitely check them out. They're they're both pretty long and I think between the two of them is probably what fifty ish short stories to to read. So quite a bit of content there. Um, and the audiobooks are very good. I was listening to the audiobook of from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi, and they I they have like Sam Witwer reading a. Uh, a, a Darth Sidious short story. It's great. It's really Ooh. great. Yeah. That sounds cool. With that, though, I think I think we need to get into the Clone Wars. I mean, Ahsoka. Oh, boy. Tom. Do we ever, do we ever need to get into this episode of Ahsoka Part 5, titled Shadow Warrior. This was directed by Dave Filoni, and it was written by Dave Filoni himself. In the episode, Ahsoka confronts her past while Hera and her allies undertake a rescue mission. Yes. I don't know where to start on this because there is so much going on in this that I would say a lot of this was just eye candy that I never expected to see in live action. So, I mean, it it felt like Dave Filoni just went down and had a checklist, was like, all the things fans want to see, let's just make it happen. It was so, it was so cool for fans of animation, at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Let's start with, let's start with the big reunion, right? It was teased last week. Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen, standing there in front of Ahsoka in the world between worlds. Our minds were blown, and we have so many questions, and we have to wait a week. So, what? Okay, let, let, let's just dive into this, right? Well, what did you think of Anakin and Ahsoka's uh, reunion? And like, it, I mean, yeah, it was like. 
it was watching a Clone Wars episode through yes. and through. Um, I think by far my my favorite part is just honestly seeing um, like Hayden Christensen in Clone Wars Anakin getup with you know I, a young Ahsoka yep. next to him was just amazing. Like it's I don't know. It, I'm just reminded of the like you're as beautiful as the day I lost you. Uh, <laughs> they I, they did such a great job portraying those two characters. And I I think we it's something probably we've always wanted to see. Yeah. But never really thought we would see it to where you would see an older Ahsoka with a younger Anakin Skywalker before he turned into Vader. I never expected to see anything like that. And then to have it go with a younger Ahsoka Tano with a much younger Anakin Skywalker back into the Clone Wars is just as live action is just never thought we would see anything like this at all. And I think it's funny how Dave was able to take that world between worlds that we saw in animation and pull that forward and make it work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in animation, the world between worlds had portals where you could see the past and, and pull people between them occasionally. That's how, of course, Ahsoka was saved during the duel with Vader um, mm. in Rebels. In this, I think they do a really good job of, I like how they changed up a little bit, right? And I don't know if it's just because there's different ways the world between worlds works or if it's just from a matter of like budgetary standpoint, it's better slash easier to do in live action this way, right? Where you don't, you're not limited to, oh, I just want to have a little portal, right? You don't have to create all the assets and stuff. But in this case, we we got to see those, we will talk more about their dynamic and, and, and the lessons and stuff in a little bit, but just getting to go back and see the Clone Wars and it's a cross between a flashback and um, like, it's not time travel, right? But it's like Ahsoka, she has all of her knowledge of the present, but she's, it's reliving in many ways the past. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we've seen this in, in other, you know, f- films and shows before as well under a different, you know, uh, structure. But she's kind of transported back to her younger self and it allows us to see the Clone Wars, as, as you said, Stephen, with Anakin, with his his classic Clone Wars armor, but played by Hayden Christensen, which is, I'm still getting a giant smile on my face just, just as we're talking about it. Um, or, you know, Padawan Ahsoka, now in this case played by uh, Ariana Greenblatt, uh, who I think does a pretty good job. She, again, no Ashley, job. Ex, no Ashley Eckstein, but she does a very good job of playing yep. a younger Ahsoka and channeling that mm-hmm. same energy. It was, it's really, really special. And I just love the way that they introduce it, right? Because she, she's in the world between worlds. She, she falls you know, when Anakin kind of destroys the the Stardust Bridge below her, right? She falls, and as she gets up, at first it just looks like Ahsoka, and then you realize she's on mm. one knee, and she, wait, hold on, she's too small, right? And then she turns, and then all of a sudden, you, you start to realize this is young Ahsoka, and you see, like, phase one clones are running past. It is so, so good, and, ah, uh, I just, I love it. And to see Anakin and Ahsoka together in live action is, it's just so special. And that's one thing I appreciated when they took it into live action. They kept the sets basically simple, but you knew where you were because you did see the ATTEs, not, let's say, full detail, 
but you knew what they were. Yeah. You saw the, as you mentioned, the, the phase one clone troopers running by. And then at one point you saw Twi'leks. Yeah. So that's so, gotta be the battle of Ryloth, right? From season yeah, one. So, so yeah, but, but I like how they were able to pull all this off in live action, but still make it feel like it was the clone wars. It didn't, to me, it didn't look cheesy. I'll tell you that right now. Cause that's one thing that could have been very scary as they mm-hmm. were trying to pull this off in live action and it could look very cheesy. It looked very well done. And I'll tell you, honestly, to see captain Rex, the way we did, I, I, <sighs> that was another one that completely blew me away with this whole thing. That got a lot of applause in the theater and we got to see yes. him twice, right? We get to see him in his phase one armor. And then again, later during <laughs> the siege of Mandalore, which we got to see too. Oh, yeah. It, it every time like that entire sequence it's just that constant like pointing at the screen of like oh i that i cannot believe we're seeing all of this and i agree mm-hmm. like it you know clearly the like the mist that surrounds them is partly a budget saving kind of thing because hey we don't want to animate like we we didn't see any battle droids throughout the episode right you right. know we know they're there um but it just it worked really well to like add to that kind of dream state and the dialogue between Anakin and Ahsoka and Anakin trying to kind of impart this lesson uh, was it, phenomenal. That whole thing, it, the interaction between the two of them was just amazing. Go, I didn't want to cut you off, but go ahead. No, no. So, the, I, I especially, I think, want to call out, like, Hayden Christensen just did such an amazing job because in so many moments, he's actually popping through, like, multiple uh, timelines for Anakin. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like, on the right word, but, like, We'll see him go from, you know, cocky Anakin, you know, episode two to the mentor in Clone Wars to Anakin in episode three, who feels betrayed to Vader Mm -hmm. and back. And it's watching him work through all of those was just, yeah, they did an amazing job. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. and in many ways, it it, I I completely agree. It's it's kind of a he took a lot of hate, uh, unnecessary hate for the prequels and between Kenobi and now Ahsoka, it's really wonderful to see fans embracing him again and, and him getting, getting a lot of the credit for the the great work he did in the prequels. And, you know, of course, some of it was just, just due to how much story they had to tell in the prequels, right? It was a little bit compressed at times. And, you know, you could make, you could talk about the the, the dialogue and, and whatnot. But, like, Hayden Christensen always did a great job, I, mm-hmm. I, I thought. And in this case, he, yeah. he, he gets to... We get to see him and Obi-Wan reunited in Kenobi, and now we get to see him reunited for the first time ever in live action with Ahsoka in this show. And it one, it's just so wonderful to see him and his character kind of get the love that they deserve. And and two, it I feel like it really cements the importance of Ahsoka, right? In this in mm-hmm. the in the saga where for us, right, we we we've been watching Ahsoka for almost 20 was 20 years yeah almost 20 years at this point right i guess 15 years 15 years um it's just the 15th anniversary of clone wars i'm I'm jumping a little too far ahead but for a lot of fans i've talked to with they haven't seen the clone wars and so ahsoka is still this unknown wait anakin had a padawan type of thing Mm -hmm. and you know, we never saw her in the movies and all that kind of stuff. And this lends, I think, a lot of legitimacy to her by seeing Hayden Christensen standing alongside Ahsoka and seeing her in the Clone Wars. And so I think it's both a special moment for fans of the series as well as an important grounding for people who haven't watched the animated series. Agreed. 
Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, we get to see, right. You guys mentioned some of the things, but we get to see presumably the battle of Ryloth at first for a brief moment. I thought might be Teth, uh, from the clone wars movie. Mm-hmm. And then I, then all those, there's too, too many Twi'leks though. And they're the only ones we see there. So it's gotta be the battle of Ryloth. And they, they definitely say it's an early battle. And of course, you know, we see Anakin calling her snips, right? And uh, Anakin joking about how being a, a, a teacher isn't all it's cracked up to be, you know? Uh-huh. It's some nice, some really nice moments between the two of them. And you also get to see a little bit of the the horrors of war of, you know, Ahsoka is this young young teenager who's thrust into the middle of a, of a battle and you see her holding the hands of clone troopers that are wounded. And you never see their faces, right? It's like they... they Clearly, I think from a budget standpoint, right? They they didn't they wanted to minimize the use of CG as much as possible. But at least Anakin, I thought, looked so good. There's a little uncanny valley in the last episode. I thought he looked far better in this in mm-hmm. this episode. He looked much better in this one. Yeah, yeah. I, that was one of the things that took, I was a little nervous about, like because it definitely was rough before, and he he looked fantastic here. Like you can still tell mm-hmm. he's you know digitally de-aged, but it's no longer you know glaringly obvious in your face. Yeah, right. And I think what I appreciated with this is you got to see at this point, Ahsoka really questioning, start starting that questioning of the Jedi order and are they supposed to be generals and can she handle the death deaths that are going on around her and her questioning her ability as a leader. And I think she even brought up that, you know, she made one mistake and here's Anakin saying, you know what, this is war. People are going to die. What, you know, basically in so many words, what do you, what are you supposed to do? I mean, you know, we have to fight at this point. You know, we are keepers of the peace, but at this point within the Jedi Order, we have to do this. We mm-hmm. have to fight. Yeah, it's, it's, I like how they brought it up too, right? Cause it's something the Jedi Council talked about initially, right? Hey, we're, we're keepers of the peace, not soldiers and, and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And then we see them turn into soldiers. And you can, on the one hand, they kind of had to because, yep you know, the separatists and, you know, Sidious's machinations behind the scenes. He forced them into it in many ways. But on the other hand, we get to see Ahsoka struggle with, hey, this isn't, this isn't what I signed up for. This is what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a peacekeeper. I wanted to, you know, I, I, she's in, she's gone through so much. She was betrayed by the Jedi in, in many ways, right? They, they lost confidence in her and eventually they, they tried to accept her back, but it was too late. She's seen her master turn to become one of the most evil people in the galaxy. She's been through a a lot, and now we know it through an Ahsoka, right? Her her she took on a Padawan, and the Padawan she and the Padawan had a falling out, and Ahsoka. It, well, in theory, it sounds like Sabine might blame Ahsoka or for her parents' death to some degree um, during the during the night of the thousand tears. And so there's all of these things that are weighing on Ahsoka. And I think this episode really, when it comes down to it was all about helping Ahsoka realize that mm-hmm. she is a Jedi, right? While she, and at the end of the clone wars, right? She's like, I'm no Jedi. She, she leaves the Jedi order behind, but I think she's now in this episode coming back to terms of, no, I, I can be a Jedi. I, you know, I, I've learned everything I need to learn. I've completed my training. I already knew everything. I just had to believe in myself and know that it's not my, you know, it's not her fault that Anakin turned into the dark side. It's not her fault 
what's happening that clone troopers died. And I think that's, that's ultimately what this lesson was all about is helping her come to terms with these issues she's been wrestling with for decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and think that's I, why go ahead, go ahead, Stephen. Sorry. I, was gonna say, I, I don't know if I, I don't want to say I disagree with you. Bob. I took a slightly different message from uh, what Anakin, I think is trying to tell her in the episode, you know, and I, I think it comes out of like the same pieces you're describing, which is, you know, Ahsoka was obviously, uh, you know, her molded Anakin was her mentor, mm-hmm. um, very important to her. And then he goes evil. Um, yep. He becomes Darth Vader. And I, and I, I hope we see more of this with Sabine. Um, I suspect like we've talked about how Ahsoka has been a little bit more reserved um, and stoic, you know, post uh, basically since we've seen her in rebels. Mm-hmm. And I, I suspect a, a good chunk of that is everything she knows was taught to her by a person that became, like I said, the most mm-hmm. evil man in the galaxy. And that has to make you wonder, uh, like Anakin taught me to, you know, care about the soldiers under my command. Was that right or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. You're right. But on the other hand, he did become Darth Vader. So it, it's a little bit tainted. And I, I appreciate, you know, the, the through line that Anakin is giving her is like, nope, like, you need to learn the things that I'm teaching you. And it is realizing for Ahsoka, in my mind at least, it is uh, Anakin became Darth Vader. He obviously did some very, very bad things. That doesn't mean everything that matters is uh, should be thrown out. Yes. There, mm-hmm. There is a balance. There are pieces of what Anakin taught you that are important. And I felt like throughout the rest of the episode, we actually see... Uh, like after she's you know left the world between worlds she she seems a little bit lighter to me mm-hmm. um, a little bit more uh mm-hmm. engaged with the world around her um mm-hmm. i'm i'm curious if that was just you know the the particular scenes we were in or if that will become a trend and we'll start to see a little bit more of the older ahsoka fire for lack of a better I, word i yeah i i think i think you're right i think we're gonna see the the different ahsoka but you see i, I i'm looking at the whole fight thing was Anakin sitting here trying to tell her, I haven't taught you everything yet. When the two of them had that big lightsaber battle between them, everybody's like, oh my God, when they're in the light, light, you know, locked with sabers, there was red inside her eyes and you see the red inside Anakin's eyes. And it's like Anakin's trying to teach her, do you choose life or you choose death? In a way, I saw it as, okay, Anakin already told Ahsoka, or I'm sorry, Darth Vader already told uh, Ahsoka that he killed Anakin. So personally... Darth Vader inside Anakin killed Anakin Skywalker to become Darth Vader. I think what he was trying to teach her that if she kept down the same path, she was, and you saw that little bit of red in her eyes, that maybe the same thing could have happened to her because he sat there and said, do you choose life or death? And when she sat there and says she chooses life, that basically extinguished whatever kind of doubt, hate, Sith, something inside her was extinguished at that point because she decided I'm not walking down the same path my ex-master did. Okay, I am choosing life at this point because this is who I am. I want to basically be the Anakin Skywalker that I knew at this point of the Jedi Order before Darth Vader basically came and took that away from me. And I choose life at this point because I'm not going down that path. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I agree with everything we've all said, right? I, it's, it's, it's many. I think we're all saying many different aspects of the same kind of core lesson in yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know, she is, she, as, as you noted, Stephen, right? She is, she's in everything she knows. She learned from Anakin. And I actually love that line, where mm-hmm. in the episode he says, you know, everything, uh, you know, he says uh, that 
within her every is it within Ahsoka is everything that Anakin is. All the knowledge he possesses, just as he inherited his knowledge from his master, and he from his. She, she's part of a legacy. That's both comforting and very ominous for someone who's Darth Vader. Like everything I am is within you. Ooh, oh boy. Um, and I think that's exactly what she has to go through. Just like how Luke in Return of the Jedi, right? He starts to he has to grapple the same thing. His father is Darth Vader instead of his master. It's his father. He has that in him more through blood than through training. And Luke, he starts to, for a brief moment, embrace the dark side. And then he goes, no, he throws it away. I won't fight you. Right. And we see Ahsoka do that same thing. And that's why I love how her eyes turn red briefly. And you see her start to get right up to the edge and, and then decide, no, I'm going to walk away. And I think that's a, a maybe an important lesson all Jedi have to learn at some point. You have to go mm-hmm. up to the line and just be like, no, I'm I'm choosing good forever, right? And and it's just so well done how it, you see her eyes turn briefly red and then go away and and as she learns this this lesson, it's it it's so many things, right? She's grappling with what happened to her master. She's grappling with what is inside her. She's grappling with, can she be another, a master going forward? What is her legacy? Right. It's all of these things. And it's just so good. So let me, let me ask you guys a question. Um, one of the things I talked about last week that I was hoping is we get some more answers for the world between worlds. First of all, we didn't get that. Um, the hating or the Anakin that we see in the world between worlds, what do you think he is? <laughs> that that's a great question because I I see it as it's the Anakin Skywalker up to the point to where let's theoretically state he leaves the Jedi Temple to go to uh, Palpatine's office. And right before he sits here and prevents uh, Mace Windu from striking down the Emperor. Because that that's the technically the good of Anakin Skywalker, the good Anakin Skywalker at that point before he turns. Okay, because there was a very interesting line that was stated by Anakin on the um, on the Battle of Mandalore, where I believe he sits there and tells Ahsoka, I don't remember this. And to me, that's a trigger to where it's like that Anakin that was there wouldn't know about the Battle of Mandalore as and he'd know about it as Darth Vader. Would he though? But not. I'm. I'm actually not well, sure he would know that. Well, but okay, but but still, but but still, I think I think there is there is a dividing line there. I think that's the Anakin that we see is the Anakin that that they that put it this way that she left on the bridge of the Star Destroyer when she left to go to the Battle of Mandalore. Because he did say he doesn't remember it. Right. So. Oh. I... I, I think, well, I think it's safe to say that at least my theory from last week of, oh, did Anakin enter the world between worlds during the Clone Wars yeah. at some point is, Doesn't seem like it's not, yeah, not, not so. the case. So it, yeah. he's clearly not, you know, uh, Clone Wars era Anakin. Now, is he a force ghost? Is he a more like a vision, like the, the cave on Dagobah? I'm not 100% sure about that, right? And I think... I don't know. Like maybe he is a force ghost from, you know, like we see him appear at the end of, you know, return to the Jedi. Uh, right. Right. And maybe, maybe he's, he is that force ghost. Now he's, he's part of the living force. 
and do all force ghosts live in the world between worlds? I I, I don't know, yeah, right? But if that's the case, if that's the case, we probably would have seen Qui Gon at that point. But maybe, no, but right? I, I I don't think that's the case. I I think we know like we know very little about force ghosts. Obviously, that is right. uh, an unstated fact or uh, whatever. Um, but I would I suspect. It is uh, like a, we know it's a place outside time to some degree or that time right. works differently there. That kind of matches with the, you know, become one with the force as a whole. And I I suspect we I like I, I put my money on that was the force ghost of Anakin. And the reason we don't see Qui-Gon or Obi-Wan or anyone else is because they are not needed to be there. Yep. Like this is a message from Anakin to Ahsoka or the from the force or like however you want to describe it. And I, I think that's why we 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 see what we do is because that that was what was needed was exactly, you know, um, Ahsoka to take this lesson from Anakin so she could, you know, bring it into the, uh, you know, her mission or the rest of her life. Well said, Stephen. I, 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 I think that is the case. It's possible he's not even Anakin, just like a manifestation of the force in some way. But I think it's probably more nitpicking at this point. And I think he actually is a force ghost right he he knows he knows about her he knows about the history like when they show up on mandalorian how cool is it again to see mandalorian like the malls yep. mandalorians the iconic yeah, red the horn mandalorians and, oh, cool so cool and the uh it was great and like how ahsoka looked so much more she was so much more capable with like with her lightsabers and in her you know siege of mandalore armor at that point oh everything was i could just gush about the siege of mandalore for a while and and rex of course we talked about rex so good but anyway um back to the this discussion it's uh i think he is a force ghost and he didn't really know when exactly she would show up but yeah, I think he has to be a force ghost. The bigger question, and I'm okay that they they didn't make it, they didn't give us definitive answers. Though I actually like that. One of the big questions in my mind, though, is, do you think Ahsoka was physically there? Right? Because we, Anakin chides her about losing the fight to Balin. It's 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 implied that maybe she's dead, or would have died. But I don't know. Like, is she? Did she? Did her body physically go to the world between worlds, or is she still under the ocean and she's just like seeing this in her head? Uh, she doesn't really remember even much of the fight with Balin Skull until later. And that, and then Anakin says, "Oh, you, you remember a little bit, so that means you have a chance to live." So mm-hmm. that implies that I, she died. I, I don't know what you guys think. I'm I'm really torn. I don't I don't think she she was dead necessarily. I do think she's probably like in a trance of some kind under the water, where, where More like she a died. Jedi hibernation thing. Yeah, Maybe. exactly. Yeah. Like clearly, she's on on the cusp of it. She's been brought to the world between worlds to, uh, you know, um, make this decision or be influenced by the force. You know, however you want to describe it. But yeah, I I, I think she was in the water the whole time, and it was only yeah. you know as she starts to awaken that she's able to be found. Which and and let's jump to that point at at here. It's fascinating to see because, you know, Hera ends up landing at the uh, temple where they where Balin and everybody were trying to get the coordinates to go to the next galaxy. It's fascinating to see Jason sit there and just go over to the edge and start listening to the waves and then hear a lightsaber battle going on. 
Now, as any mother, the thing that I found very funny is here was just like, you know, Jason, come on. Like any mother would do for a first thing when the son says, hey, I hear something. The mom's like, yeah, yeah, sure. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I appreciate it. The second time around, says, no, 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 come. And she finally sat there and took him for his word. But it's it's fascinating that crossover we're talking about that where he can sit here and sense that part of world between worlds on a planet to where it's like there's that what do you guys uh, think of that i actually don't think he, i i don't he, think that's what he's uh sensing i think he's sensing ahsoka yeah. he well, knows he, she's still out there but he's obviously untrained and doesn't have the uh i don't know the the but ability he said lightsaber he, he said lightsaber what? fight but that's that's what ahsoka is experiencing and i think that's what he's hearing oh okay i see right. what you're saying I, I, so, yeah, yeah i think it's with, yeah, with, it's kind with, of like a nuance it's, yeah he's still hearing yeah. the battle but it's the battle inside of ahsoka not the battle technically in the world between worlds or whatnot got it okay but okay so this is a question i've asked a few people when i've been talking about this episode and i want to get your thoughts on this um hera you know initially doesn't really believe him and then she's like oh well maybe i you know she's a good mother and she says okay i'm gonna i'm gonna sit there i'm gonna listen and see if i can hear ahsoka too and she she listens for quite a while and we hear the force theme as, you know, Jason's using the force and whatnot, which is just so well done. And then she opens her eyes and says, okay, she's out there. Let's go find her. Let's go find Ahsoka. Do you think Hera actually heard the battle through the force or did she just decide to trust her son? Long silence. Good question. <laughs> well, it's, I guess, yeah, I, I, I really hate to say this. I, I'd hate to get to the point to where now everybody's going to have a force ability, which I don't think it's heading that direction. Okay. I think it's a thing to where, you know, maybe it was a gut instinct for her to believe her son. Cause it sounds like Jason did hear it, but I, I, I would hope it's not going that way that she actually, unless the force itself decided that at this one point, yes, let Hera hear this. I don't think Hera has force abilities at all. Yeah, I, I look at it. I don't think she heard it specifically, like, or through her. I Maybe there's a world where she's in tune with, you know, Jason, and Jason is the one that, you know, helps her hear it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I don't think it was... Anything else other than yeah, that? Yeah, I, I could believe that to where Jason actually helped her hear it. I don't, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, th that is, that is, that's been my opinion as well when I've talked to other folks about that. I've seen some people say, oh no, she definitely used the force. And maybe it's possible, right? Like you said, Tom, I, I would kind of hope not. I just, I just actually really like the idea that Hera, she believes in her son and his abilities so much because she, she knows how powerful Kanan was and that, you know, he's Kanan's son. And so of course he can use the force and she chooses to trust him. And I, I think that's a, that's a really cool moment. And so I, I hope that's what happened where she just listens as hard as she can, tries to believe him, doesn't hear anything herself and decides I don't, doesn't matter. I know, I know he's telling the truth. That's my own personal belief. Do you do you think we'll see him trained in this show? Like they're clearly they've hinted at it multiple times at this point, right? Between this and a couple episodes ago, where he asked to be trained, and then 
Jason and Huyang are even talking and he asks for help building a lightsaber or training in the ship. I don't hope we see it here, but we're definitely creating some room for it. Like if, if, and when we ever get like a Jedi Academy series, either Luke's or Ray's, like I, this feels like they're setting him up to be there. I agree. I I think it's going to be the series. And I, I, I would put money down I wouldn't be surprised if he's not even the main character, but if they just have set him up like, oh, like there's a kid with green hair in the background and now we know who that is. Um, it, it gives them room to have him be there without actually having to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or without having to focus on him, I should say. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. I, I, I like how we're getting a lot of Jason in this show, though. It's it's fun, you know, especially him, him hiding behind Chopper when Hera was checking out the place. It was very cute and... It, it, it's just really nice to see a lot more Hera and, and Jason. And I'm so glad we're, we were wrong about them not being in the episode as much the rest of the season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, let's say, next episode. Because with the Republic fleet coming there, it sounds like Hera's going to be in some pretty big trouble. I, but then again... I've said this every episode. I think we're done with Hera, especially this one. I felt like <laughs> I don't want to say that anymore. I don't want to say that anymore because I've been wrong every single time. Okay, maybe we should say it. I, then we, no, we will be wrong. Hera, she helps Ahsoka, you know, with the Pergo, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, wishes her, you know, the Force be with you, and I think she says that at least. And then we're we're off to their galaxy, and like. I think my only disappointment with this episode is I was really hoping we were going to spend time in the other galaxy. We'll talk about what that means going forward. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I just, I don't think there's time for hair anymore. Like we, we have not seen Thrawn yet. We've not even seen the other galaxy where. And there's only three Ezra episodes Thrawn... left. Sorry. There's only three episodes left and there's a whole yeah, new exactly. galaxy to I, see. I, I know. I don't think there's time. Yeah. Yeah. Then again, we, we've been wrong every time we've said that. So maybe, maybe this not. Time, <laughs> this time, William. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I do agree with you though. And yeah, I, I, maybe that's why we got so much time with them. It was, it was nice to see them searching for Ahsoka and really trying, even when they're low on fuel and the new Republic is very, very upset with them. And I like how Hera was like, what's, what's, what good is a high rank if you can't use it every once again? Um, and even, even, uh, Leia, we get a Leia reference that Senator Organa is trying to buy them time. And of course, of course she's out there right uh around this time so i that was a surprising and yet a surprising reference and yet it makes complete sense it it, it's a nice nice little little side note there um yeah the what did you think though steven i have a feeling what you're gonna say but the how the, the new republic right they they're they're not they're not happy they come to citos to to bring Hera and Sabine and everyone back, back home. Cause they're, they've gone AWOL. Yep. I, my response is, wow, what a surprise. Like the new mm-hmm. Republic continues to be <laughs> incompetent. Um, yeah. I'm like, really, is it that big a deal that three X wing or four X wings and a, like a, a freighter that I'm assuming is not owned by the new Republic uh i like, can't believe Hera would, a day yeah give up the ghost and be like no you can yeah. own it now oh it's her ship i mean not to mention they like they didn't cover it but like 
the New Republic should have been like, hey, didn't you leave with four ships? Why are you, or five ships? Why are you down to two, uh, three? <laughs> right. The ghost. Like, and, and my, clearly something happened. Why are we not concerned about this? Mm-hmm. And my other thing is why I can understand Hera. If she's a general, general in the New Republic and holds a rank, I can understand them coming and getting her, getting Tiva, all that. But why Ahsoka? Why Sabine? Whoever said that they were actually part of the New Republic, especially Ahsoka? I mean, yes, you could say Fulcrum. You could say in some some way. No, I, but I still don't understand why that why Ahsoka would sit there and they have that kind of pull over Ahsoka. I don't get it. I mean, I think it's the institutional arrogance we're seeing out of the New Republic, which is they're yeah. they're they're the top dog now. So of course they should be they they're responsible or involved in everything. Which again, I don't agree with, but you know that's it's what they seem to be thinking. So I did mm-hmm. enjoy how Captain Carson Tiva was kind of assigned to just hold him off the whole time, whether it's you know uh, <laughs> like when he's confronting the New Republic fleet and just trying to buy time. Oh, it's classified. You know, it, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a funny, funny sequence. I, I, I liked mm-hmm. his, inclu- his, his character's inclusion in, in this episode. Also the, the moment when earlier, when he says, uh, they're talking about Kanan that we finally get a name drop for Kanan and they explain that he, you know, Jason's father was a Jedi. And she's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> then just moves <laughs> on. It was so good. <laughs> I, that got some laughs in the theater as well. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. So they 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 rescue. Uh, well, actually, before we did, before we, before we talk about Ahsoka's rescue in the last little bit, on the the note about Ahsoka and working with the New Republic, one thing I don't think we've really seen in any of the you know more recent shows in this timeline is how Ahsoka. Like, how much do you think Ahsoka knows about Leia and and Luke? And I'm trying to recall if we. I think she does. She know that Luke is is Anakin's son. I, I can't remember if you sure, saw that because they they have a moment in. The, don't you remember William in the Mandalorian where we? Sorry, <laughs> no, it was the Book of Book Boba, Boba Fett, Fett, wasn't it? Yeah. Where Ahsoka's. You're right. I'm pretty sure she does know about about Luke. So I'm in theory she knows about Leia as well. But you know, I would assume like, so. We also didn't. Like how how did she react when she learned that Darth Vader had died? I, I just have so many so many questions about how how she felt, what happened when she learned all these things. But things that have happened off screen, some massive events connected to to her and her master. Um, I don't know. Be very interested to to see. I did like how Hu Ying, Hera. Actually, don't even know. Does Hera know about Anakin and Vader? Probably not, because most of the New Republic didn't know. Yeah, I don't think so. All right, no, most of the New Republic did not know about Leia's lineage until much later, when it was a whole controversy when it is uncovered. And so, yeah, I don't think she knows that Anakin was Vader. And so, when Hu Yang's talking about Ahsoka's master, and he's saying he was in intense, <laughs> it was uh, a nice little moment and you could see she was going to ask no idea right she has no idea and you could see she was going to ask more questions and then jason interrupts um but anyway sorry so the the rescue of ahsoka though i I thought that it was shot beautifully right with the light and the 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 ships hovering low over the water and 
and yeah. even the way Ahsoka whispers Anakin just sounds a lot like Padme in mm-hmm. Revenge of uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yep. You know? Um really cool stuff. But she wakes up and you know, she, she they kind of catch her up to speed on everything that's happened. Ahsoka's uh, Sabine's gone, the map was destroyed. And we see her use a new force ability. The first time we've seen this force ability on screen, at least in in live action. We've seen it a little bit in, uh, I believe we saw it in Clone Wars, right? With Quinlan Voss, but psychometry, the, the ability that Quinlan Voss has to touch an object and see the history and, and what happened. And same thing with Cal Kestis in the Jedi uh, Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor video games. Thoughts on the the inclusion of psychometry in the in the show? It's pretty cool, I thought. Yeah, it's neat. I mean, I'm always a fine. fan of stuff like that showing up and showing up here. And yeah. to expand the force just a little bit, I have no problem with that because you you don't know what exactly within force users their abilities are, and this is just another one that comes out. I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's a rare ability, but it definitely it's. We haven't seen her use it before, but I think it's important because it helps move the plot along and she doesn't have to spend a lot of time looking for evidence of Sabine, right? I think it it is it's convenient, but I think it makes a lot of sense in this case. Same thing with the Purgle, what which we talked about using the Purgle to get to the other galaxy earlier. It, first time we saw the Purgle in the in the show. And but I'll be honest, last week I completely forgot. We were talking about how are they gonna get to the other galaxy? Completely forgot that there were the Purgle. And of mm-hmm. course, that's the plan ahsoka comes up with and at this point steven you mentioned earlier her personality has changed and i think to signify that so has her outfit right she's now wearing the same outfit we see at the end of rebels they played with the timeline just a little bit right but she's a lot more gray and the, the 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 cloak and everything is so cool and she does feel a little bit lighter not completely but she feels like a I think a small bit of a weight has lifted from her. What do you guys think? Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I think that definitely she seems in a much lighter mood, especially when she's sitting there after she talks to the big purple and she kind of taps on the wraps on the windshield so and good. tells who Yang, Hey, you know, why don't you sit here and fly into the mouth of the purple, you know, with a big smile on her face. And then he's like, yeah, but can you get in here first? So good. It's a very Rebels-esque moment in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, very. Yeah, and even, even, you know, yeah, Ezra talked a lot with the animals and Rebels, and even in Tales of the Jedi, right, we see a young Ahsoka communicate with the Kaibuk. And so she she has that affinity as well. So it's nice that she she talks to the Purgle and, and, and gets them to, in theory, take them to, you know, where Sabine is down the, the pathway of to uh, Perdia. And... It, it's it's just such a cool moment. I, I think it's inevitable. We all knew it was going to happen, that the mm-hmm. Purgle were going to help them get to the other galaxy. But it's so cool to see, one, they're sitting, I thought that she was going to like get attached to the Purgle or something on the outside, but no, she goes inside like in Empire Strikes Back, sits in the mouth, and as they, they just just her, just Ahsoka and, and Huyang, take off for another galaxy. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. And that shot of the Purgle leaving was just so cool. And the, the new Republic just completely shocked as yeah, the, and, they and I have a ships. feeling that, uh, when it comes to 
uh, Hera, I don't think she's going to be busted from any kind of rank after this story gets back to the New Republic, because really, who are they going to believe? These big space whales coming out and jumping into hyperspace? I mean, doesn't that make it worse, though? Like, oh, you went and saw the big space whales, Hera. Sure you did. No, you were taken <laughs> on an unexpected leave, writing you up and you're, you know, you're on you're on probation. I don't know. Well, we we may never know because I do have a feeling we may not see her for the rest of this series. I think we'll see her at, at minimum at the end. So maybe she takes two episodes off. But um, I do think we'll see her. Well, maybe maybe not. Maybe maybe there's a cliffhanger at the end of the at the end of the series. Se- season. There has I don't to know. be a cliffhanger. But if, if there is another season, there has to be a cliffhanger. I mean, they haven't ordered another oh. season as far as we are aware yet. So they might try to wrap it up with the potential to pick up I, more. I don't know. It could be another season. It could be another series. Um, William, you and I were talking about this. I, so we're now, we're halfway through, you know, this season. Um, sorry, over halfway. Well, yeah, three yeah. episodes left. We mm-hmm. haven't been to the new galaxy yet. Um, we've only seen one shot of Thrawn in the trailers. Like they keep using the same shot. My money is that is like the final shot of the show. I think you I may be right. Yep. I, that, and Thrawn wow. either appears in season two or in whatever the next Filoni's is, yeah. movie is, or both. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're at this point, it's just, I don't think there's enough time to do anything there. And so I just, I can't see it happening. Okay. But what are they going to do in the other galaxy? That's going mean, to be the gonna question. Be looking, like, I don't, I don't think they're going to show up and be like, oh, hey, Thrawn, glad we found you. You just were sitting at the front door or whatever it is. Yeah, like, it can't be that easy. Whole it's a whole, yeah. Search for him, find <laughs> yeah. him. I hope it's not that easy. You're right. Because all we know is that Thrawn the Purgle went to another galaxy. We don't know where in the galaxy they are. Galaxy is a big, big place. And the fact that we only have three episodes to try to find them, let alone deal with all the stuff, is There's not no a way. lot of time. I'm just excited mm. to see another galaxy. In some ways, I'm, I've am i loved everything we've gotten so far. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the going to another galaxy is such a tantalizing concept. Is it is it anything remotely like our this galaxy, right? Or is it well, is it still, like we have to find the Yuuzhan Vong? So it, well, I, I'm still holding up. It's going to be a reveal here. We get we get. I think it's going to happen. Uh, actually, I was talking with a friend of the show, Aaron Gones, about it, and he was saying he. He, he wasn't able to, he was trying to look up and see if he could verify this. So just note that this is, this is, you know, hearsay and <laughs> we haven't valid, unverified, but supposedly at a, at a convention at one point, I, I don't remember if it was celebration. I feel like I would have remembered this if it was celebration. Um, but I know I was at a celebration panel where Dave Filoni was talking about the Yuuzhan Vong. But anyway, this quote, yep. which may or may not have been from then that panel was that the Yuuzhan Vong scout ships he was talking about the Clone Wars and how they almost showed up in the Clone Wars and they had, um, yep. he even, they even showed off like his concept art of the Yuuzhan Vong in the Clone Wars. And supposedly he said something to the effect of the Yuuzhan Vong scout ships look like twisted Purgle. Uh, and he imagined that the Yuuzhan Vong tortured the Purgle and turned them into biological ships. So that's, that's pretty cool. And that's interesting. Uh, that would fit perfectly. So again, unconfirmed. I don't even know where that was from. I was just chatting with uh, Aaron. He and I were chatting about the episode. and But I had to share that and credit to him for finding that wherever it was because um, really interesting speculation. I, we've talked about it before, right? Hey, the Purgle are organic. The Yuzhan Vong ships were organic. But hearing yeah. supposedly that Dave Flynn even even said that they were, he thought they, they were, were the, one and the same. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah. Interesting. I'm yeah. excited. I, I, like I said, I still think that's coming. Um, we don't got a lot of time left in the season, but we'll see. Yeah. Like it, how different is the galaxy, right? Is our physics different in the galaxy or is the force different in the galaxy? Are the planets weird and out there or is it more normal? I right, not get too crazy. Yeah. We're getting a little too crazy. Who knows? Here. Who knows? Right. But I mean, the Yuzhan Vong, they're not, affected by the force they're they're outside of the force in the in the new jedi order i don't think we'll see that aspect of it i'll say Mm -mm. yeah i think we'll focus on the organic aspect uh, of their technology and maybe hatred of machines or their plans or whatever it might be yeah and actually sorry maybe what we're actually going to have happen is um maybe it's not that the uh like maybe we do find Thrawn quickly. Sorry, I'm putting this thought together as I'm thinking. Maybe we do find using Vong or sorry Thrawn quickly, but it's gonna the rest of the two episodes are actually like oh, but we have to deal with the Yuzhan Vong, and maybe that's how they had it out potentially. Maybe they're instantly yep. they're instantly captured arrested by the Yuzhan Vong, and discover that Thrawn and Ezra have been there ca- captives of the yeah. Yuzhan Vong the whole time. <laughs> Whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. Two, epi- two episodes. Uh, I just I'm yeah I had two episodes about that nah it's got to be longer than that I wonder no, but again we're, we're at this point for sure there is like there we're not finishing this story arc there's no way we finish it in this season and if we do I think that shows a grave very very poor choices were made mm-hmm I mean, they could surprise us, but yes, it, it's hard. I think it would be a sure. lot. There's a lot to do in not a lot of time. Then again, wow. think of how much they covered in this episode. So maybe, but uh, yeah, it's, I would questions, bet money. Questions, questions, I would yep. bet a significant money that the Yuzhan Vong are going to show up before the end of the season. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I'm definitely with you there. I think the question in my mind is how much the Yuzhan Vong do we see? Is it like from far away? Is it up close how much into of the yuzhan vong do they even go into and bring into live action because like the yuzhan vong were they like torture themselves and like they were all about pain and disfigurement and you know these weird organic ships and you terraforming worlds like how much do we go into this i don't know you are talking about a lot of stuff that probably because this is under the direction of uh, a company called disney probably won't see (laughs) no i i don't know if you've ever seen some of the behind the scenes stuff but like even back then that was i i need to go back and see if this holds really holds true but i remember michael stackpole who wrote um the first novel was uh, Vector Prime, which is mm-hmm. Ari Salvatore. Um, the next two was, I don't know why I remember this, Dark Tide 1 and Dark Tide 2, I believe were the names. Yep. Written by Michael Stackpole, who'd done the X-Wing series. And he talked about how he had uh, added this kind of like torture, self-mutilation you know, kind of aspect to the main, char- the main villain of those two books. Um, and he had intended it as a personal trait. Um, <laughs> But the the coordination on a lot of the new Jedi Order books was a little iffy because there were so many being written at the same time to the point where mm-hmm. like story arcs got repeated or like um, didn't quite flow together correctly. And they picked it up and made that like all of them. And he always I remember him talking about how he like was always a little disappointed, I think, with that because that was you know not his intent. He did not want it to uh, 
to be that way. I do remember mm. that. You're, I completely forgotten about that, but you're right. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how much of the Yuzhan Vong they bring forward because they're they're weird at times. But yeah, I'm just excited. I, I I think they will show up, and I think whether or not they return to our the main galaxy is the only question in, in the future. Not in this not in this series. Like, but maybe in like the Ray movie in the future. Yeah, I think it all depends on when. What is the intended endpoint for this? The story arcs they're kicking off with Ahsoka. Yeah, um, and it's you know as we talked about with the Lando series, it's a little tricky just because we have so little trust in what being announced will actually come to screen. But I I think that is the ultimately the question. You know, where where are we going to land here? Yeah, and I do get the sense that they've at least in the last couple of years tried to take a more deliberate approach to planning across all of these shows and movies. Um, and so I hope that that is changing where they're like, Oh no, we we're, we're pretty sure this is, yeah. we know this is going to happen. And, but who knows? They are headed in the right direction for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's so exciting. So as we talk about heading in the right, right direction, are we good for ratings now? Or is there anything else we, we may have missed? No, I think we can, I think we can go into the ratings. It's, uh, it is so cool to see them back in live action. They've the, the detail and the care that was put into this episode, you can see it just, it just oozes attention to detail. And uh, mm-hmm. there's even that moment. There's one moment um, where Anakin, I think it's on, on Mandalore and Anakin and, and, and Ahsoka are looking at each other and it is identical to Anakin and Ahsoka and one of their final scenes in the Clone Wars before they part ways, just before the Siege of Mandalore. And like Saint Anakin has the exact same pose. Ahsoka's they're like looking at each other. It like the background's different, but otherwise it's identical. Like you could tell Dave Filoni really did recreate things. Right. Even when like he Anakin turns around and ignites his lightsaber before the two duel, that looks like Anakin on Mustafar, you know, he turns around and says, you will die, right? Uh, it, there's, there, it's just, it, they did such a good job with this. Seeing the Clone Wars back and in live action for the first time ever is just, it's so special. Seeing a young Padawan Ahsoka, I I was just, I loved it. I, I loved every second of it. The just like Rex, the siege of Vandal. I could just, oh, it's so good. <laughs> then, then how about you start oh, with the reading? I, I will. I, I will happily, happily do it. Yes. Um, also, I just have to call it that the, the, the duel, the fight scenes were very well done. I thought Hayden Christensen and uh, especially Ariana Greenblatt, but also Rosario Dawson did a really wonderful job on the choreography as well. Um, yeah, it just, oh, I... I don't have enough good things to say about this episode. I think the only, uh, I, I think I got, I was going back and forth between nine and a half and 10. I think I'd have to give it a 10. I just loved it. It was, it was great. It, it was sure. There might be some little things you could nitpick here or there, but this is the clone wars in live action. I think this is everything we've, we've always wanted. And I think Dave Flunny realized that, there's not a lot of opportunities to go back and do live action Clone Wars. And so he took the opportunity and oh, it's great. I loved it. So 10 Womp Rats, I guess. And uh, oh man, these 10 Womp Rats, uh, 
they're they're just hanging out in the belly of the purgle. Um, that's that's what the purgle eat. They swoop down, and eat the womp rats. So there you go. Mm. Um, Steven. So you really think ten ten womp rats are going to fulfill the appetite of a purgle? Wow. Eh, you know, it's a, it's a snack. It's a snack. Okay, it's, it's always hard to tell. Okay, Stephen, go ahead. Yeah, I'm. I also feel a little bit mixed. I. I think I'm gonna give this episode a nine. Um, I don't quite feel comfortable giving it a 10. I think some of that might just be me. Like I I was really, I'm excited to see the other galaxy. I wanted to get there. Um, and so having that delayed again is, there's a part of me that's like, ah, like I loved what we got here, but it was, it almost felt like a filler episode in some ways, which is again, like a, a weird thing to describe for what was objectively a good episode. But it, um, I think the, the thing that makes it for me, obviously, is having Hayden Christensen back as Anakin, having the, you know, Snips and Sky Guy interactions. Um, yeah, it just, it was a blast from the past, and I loved every minute of it. Um, but I'll give it a 9 out of 10. I, I think that, like, still fantastic episode, but not quite what I wanted out of it, if that makes sense. Oh, I think it's completely fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then my my nine womp rats. I mean, you know, we were debating what happened to uh, Ahsoka. Um, you know, was she in the world between worlds? Was she in the water? If she was in the water, how did she survive? Um, just turns out, you know, if you have enough, um, you know, womp rats that can, you know, go up for air, come down, you know, perform a little bit of CPR to get air into Ahsoka's <laughs> lungs, like you can you can last quite a while. So uh, that's what my nine, nine womp rats were doing was keeping Ahsoka alive in the water fascinating okay well i'm gonna go next and i'm gonna split the difference i've been going back and forth on this do i give it a nine nine five ten i i'm gonna split the difference i'm giving the episode 9.5 there's nothing else to say about this episode that we haven't already said i enjoyed this episode i saw things that i never thought i would see in live action just pop up and it's it was just outstanding um so my nine and a half womp rats so I've been thinking about this. So you have the world between worlds and more than likely it could be traipsing through a lot of forest ghosts with Anakin and maybe Obi-Wan and, you know, Qui-Gon, they're all traipsing around there. Just, you know, somebody has got to keep the place clean to keep it like the way it is to where if Ahsoka <laughs> were to pop it, pop herself back in or somehow Ezra pops back in again, the place has to look spick and span. So these nine and a half womp rats are the janitorial service for the world between worlds to keep it actually clean because of all uh, the traffic that happens are, between, you know, universes. Quick question, Tom, are these Womp Rats, are they, are they force ghosts of the Womp Rats from our previous episodes? And possibly. This is, this is what they do? Possibly. It's a good point. Never thought of it that way. I just thought they were the Womp Rats that were just somehow able to get in there, but I like the idea of having them be the force ghosts of all, well, with the amount of Womp Rats you've taken out through over the years, do you well, think no, they're, they're not all janitors though? It doesn't, yeah, yeah. doesn't make that many, right? Well, yeah, there, there's going to have to be some mechanics to make sure that the the portals work. So, but these yeah, nine, see, and there you half, go. yeah, so these nine and a half womp rats are. Oh, and then also you have to remember there's going to be womp rats to make sure that the lighting works well within there. But these guys are the janitors. There you go. All right, makes sense. Yep. <clears throat> well, oh, it's just. It's been the last couple of weeks have been so much fun. The rest of the show has been great too, but just seeing the Clone Wars again, the world between world, it's it truly really is like Dave Filoni just did a sequel to Clone Wars and Rebels combined, and I couldn't be happier. So now we go into I think 
it sounds like we've left the nostalgia part. Maybe not left, but you know, let's talk, but like, you know, they've definitely delivered on the nostalgia. And now we go to the new exciting part. What is you know what is this new galaxy like? What what's going to happen? I can't wait. I cannot. You, you wait. say that now, and then we're going to get another episode. It's going to be Hera because, of course, it will, and it's going to be about Hera get the other galaxy, <laughs> and it's going to take up the entire episode's runtime. No, no, you just wait. Please no, please no. But hey, I'm excited. I can't wait to see what happens in another galaxy. We'll find out next week on Ahsoka Part. Six. Thank you all for listening as usual. And we'll be back next week with our review of This New Galaxy. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncanoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.